Lucas Tigers and Bronze is brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. HGA is revolutionizing the industry by implementing software that will allow them to scan, analyze, and grade cards without subjectivity. This allows for consistent and unbiased grading. They have an easy submission process and best-in-class customer service. Their pricing model is simple. Pay by the day, not by the value of the card. And when they say 10 business days, they mean 10 business days. Let's go. The day before Thanksgiving. This is famously the day where apparently there's the most DUIs and the most people drinking. Like this is the biggest drinking day of the year. Yeah, people come home from college and stuff like that. They see their friends. They yeah, it's a big it's a big night out. It's a big club it's, night, big night in the city. Yep. Oh, look at who's back in the house. We got our shadowy coder back. So anyway, this is Lucas Tigers Bronze. But if you're a little Lucas Tigers Bronze listener, make sure to subscribe to our Crypto Casuals channel because we will have some awesome content about the NFT, ETH, Bitcoin, you know, tokens and all that stuff and what's happening in that world on our separate channel. So please subscribe to Crypto Casuals. We want to welcome you back to another episode of Lucas Tigers and Bronze Omayan. I'm excited for today's episode because... Cage is, uh, we, we've had some good talks today. Cage is, Cage is happy. He's well fed. He, he's Always. home. The family's doing well. And hopefully we'll be able to add some value to you guys for what we're seeing in the market. Uh, I'll pause there. I've got, I always got my things I want to talk the about. Pause. What, I like the pause. What's interesting to you today? You know, Panini Direct, you've been kind of going back and forth with those guys. The card market. What's, what, what are you thinking about these days? Well, we had them on. They're pretty great, you know, as far as responsiveness, right? So, um, you know, I kind of said to them, listen, in my world, this week is an important one. It's, you know, I have a lot to be thankful for this year, last year, in the hobby, all of our listeners, the success that we've had, all of our sponsors, all of our partners, all the great things that have happened and all the even better things that are going to be, you know, coming forward in the next months and years for, 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 for the hobby. Um, I like to do giveaways. I like to give stuff away, right? And, you know, here I am. I told you this morning, hey, I want to give an NFT away. I tried to. It cost me 80 bucks, and then it failed because it wasn't enough gas. And it's like 130 bucks now. Yeah, seriously. I, I sent a screenshot over to you. And I'm like, this is – it's so hard to just give things away. It's insane. Um, and one of the things that we didn't love about Panini Digital was that you couldn't gift. You know, at least Top Shot, you were able to gift. They had rules. They had restrictions And after a while. And, you know, obviously there is um, – you know, they they don't want people just giving things away because that's could be viewed by them as a way around sales that they don't get their cut. But to me, I, I think it, it onboards a lot more people. Like I can't wait, and and I mentioned it in in, in one of our uh, in IG groups, and you know, Panini came in and was like, "Yeah, it's coming soon." It's coming. And let's let's contextualize. So, why did we want to give it away? Right? All not all giveaways are created the same. Chuck Liddell, UFC fighter. The Ice Man Chuck Liddell. Mm-hmm. Uh, he bought he bought he a lion. Yeah. Yep. yep. And we're like, why don't we, you know, send him a tiger and a Lucas Tigers, right? He's mm-hmm. in the NFT game. It's great to welcome someone to the NFT world. So that was why we wanted to send him a tiger. Same thing with Panini Direct. You know, a lot of people ask us, you know, what do you guys think about those digital cards? And Cage and I, we've bought into them a lot. Purely from an experiment and a curiosity standpoint, we have so many of those cards. So we want to send, send, you know, uh, Alex Pukashevsky, you know, Darius Baisley, you know, maybe 
I'm not giving anyone my Jalen. Well, sucks you know what it is? Up. We have people who listeners like Tony Harley who buy stuff yeah. and, and whatnot, and I'm able to sneak in an extra stealer. Like I, I put a Vance McDonald autograph or whatever it is that I just happen to have laying around yep. as a gift. But the only time I'm able to do that is when I'm 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 adding it on. It's a, you know it's an add-on, right? But but if listen, when these gifts go through, like I plan on on giving a ton of these things away because I want people to, you know, on board, get an account. It makes it a lot easier. You know, we did our, our, um, our Lucas Tigers uh, reward last month. You know, maybe the next, maybe next month or two months from now, the reward will be a Panini digital card. In order to get that, people are going to have to have an account and, you know, that is going to increase the amount of people using Panini and that. So, yeah, so we're having that kind of stuff today. You know, I'm, listen, I, I got a lot to be excited about. We got, you know, I got Peter Pac-Man, you know, basically calling me a fat guy and putting me on his story as Chris Farley, which I love because, you know, I'm, I'm going to be in a van down by the river for the rest of my life. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. So, so I'm excited about that. I haven't, I haven't, I don't think I've made this like official yet, but I'm going to crash the bleaker trade night on Monday, the 29th. So that should be fun too. You know, I'll try to try, I'll do everything right now. That's my plan. You know, things come up. It's almost a week away, but my plan is to actually show up for the police. So if you're in the area and you want to hang out, bleaker trading, I get to, I get to meet in person, Josh, right. From card ladder. That's going to be fun, man. You know, that guy, I chatted with him for like three minutes at the national, um, and didn't really get to, you know, sit down and talk to him and, and that kind of stuff. So I look forward to that. Um, but yeah, dude, it's a it's a great week. It's a lot of stuff to be thankful for, and you know, I'm uh, um, I'll make a post later, guys. I want to hear what you're the most thankful for, because mine is gonna be you. Mine is I'm most thankful, not you, Andrew. You're up there. You're, oh. like, you're like Chris Middleton, right? You're like one B to Giannis is one A. Luca Nation is one A. Luca Nation is Giannis. You could be Chris Middleton. Like we're not winning a championship without you, but but the community is is clear cut. The, the thing I'm most thankful for. So, good uh, point. We have, yeah, we have yeah. a unique community. We we become friends with a lot of them. Quite a few have joined our team, and you know they help us create content, uh, help us run IG. They want they want to see this community grow because it's bigger than Cage and I, and it's uh it's to the point where you know we could only do so much, right? Um, so so it's really really nice to see. Manny's been super helpful. He's learning how to create videos. He has a new show called Manny Being Manny, which funny. he asked me a million times. Very a funny. How am I doing? I said, bro, let the audience decide. I'm not some like gatekeeper. Just post it. Let's see what people say and uh, learn and, you know, add more skills to your web repertoire. So that's that. NBA, NFL, you want to talk about any sports? Want to talk about the F1? We were chatting in the OG group. Dude, it's so uh, funny. Listen, the whole world is, it, it is a lot of like, um, there's a lot of fun. And it's, it's a little, it's a little, you know, it's a little tongue in cheek, right? But you like the NFT world. Even that Chuck Liddell announced he bought a laser line, and most of the people are like, yeah, yeah. that." And he writes, he has to write in his first tweet, it's not paid promotion. I'm like, of course it's paid promotion. He's like, no, it's not. Like, I'm buying this because I like it. You know, like, I only have, like, four or five NFTs, and this is a cool one. I'm in a community and that kind of stuff. Like, And people are already, like, backbiting. I am famously not a believer in the F1 card market. Right? Not the sport itself. I've, I've come in and I've told you guys a million times the sport may be wildly successful. That does not always translate into cards. Well, right? If I could really actually say what I think you were saying this whole time, it's true. Guys, don't be late to the game and be stuck holding the bag on cards yeah. that have gone berserk. It's not that F1's going to die. It's that, hey, be careful because we've seen this trend time and time and time again. And you say it in a funny way. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, listen, I, I was not – 
I was not on board buying, you know, the Chrome Hamilton stuff first. Um, you know, it was just not, it, it wasn't a sport I watched. I can tell you, unless you count movies, I've not watched an F1 race. You know what I mean? So it's not something that I'm going to be by, you know, I mean, like, you know, I've watched it in movies. I've watched, you know, a bunch of movies about it, but I haven't watched an actual live race. I think I've watched some NASCAR races, um, you know, also I've watched more in movies, but you know, point there is, um, you know, there are a lot of properties out there that do great business that have a lot of success, but that doesn't translate to a collectible card market. You know, and that's the, that's, you know, that's one of those things that I, I was trying to say. Um, and it's funny. I gave a play. I went into our group and, you know, some of the, some of the standard bearers for F1 content folks, I said, Hey guys, I gave an F1 play. And they before I even told them what it was, it's like cage, he's pumping and dumping. F1's a pump and dump cage is joining the pump and dump. And I'm like, no guys, I'm not buying it myself. And it's not Chrome. It's not, it's not Sapphire. That's easy. You know? And I told them what it was. And all of a sudden they were like, uh, pumper. But I'm like, you know, like, like, uh, so it's, it's funny how that how that happens you know what i mean it's uh obviously very tongue-in-cheek um and i love those guys but yeah i mean sports i saw an announcement i don't know if it's true i gotta research it that the usfl is gonna come back somebody posted a little thing about the usfl coming back next year which would be amazing another football league there always seems to be you know something you know the uh the xfl and the arena league and the usfl actually was the one that i think it was trump led in the 80s but it was it was one that gave the nfl some legit um some legit um competition, competition. i mean remember remember like irving fryer we had on and we were talking about it then when he was being drafted and the reason why he was the number one draft pick it, because you were great irving we love you but also because in 84 if you look reggie white has a 1984 USFL card before his rookie. Steve Young has a USFL card. You know, the Jersey Generals were amazing. Herschel Walker, that was, I think, Trump's team. He came out and played for the USFL. Like, they got legit guys to come and play in that league. Um, I actually went to a game. So that, <laughs> I saw Herschel Walker play for the Generals, the New York, New Jersey Generals. They were was great. he a monster? Oh, yeah, he was, he was a monster. I think Willie Galt, who played for the Bears, and he was uh, like an Olympic sprinter. I think he even did like, you know, when after the Jamaican bobsled team, we put some sprinters on ours. And I think Willie Galt was on our bobsled team. Is that, that right? Cool the, Runnings what, is a classic. My brain remembers this. Like, I actually remember when Cool Runnings was happening. Like, not when it was a movie. I remember the movie too, but I remember when it was happening. Is that Chris Farley as the coach? No, no, no. That's John Candy. But but I am confused for both. So it's fine. I, I'll take either one. I actually think you look more like a handsome josh candy john candy well, listen uh, john candy that's uh dewey oxberger from stripes that's like my alter ego so it's good stuff right there he's a lean mean fighting machine so lots it's of partial fighting in the mma he is fighting in mma but he's also like 112 years old so some of those it's gonna be tougher to sanction some of those fights too but that guy's a beast um we should have know. him box uh bernard hopkins <laughs> that'd be cool yeah. right dude bernard is like 60 years old you know, uh, you hear fun fact, Cage? Yeah, shoot. So, you know, we have a family business, and we had a guy with us. I, I just don't understand. The world's so fascinating. His name is Bobby Jenkins, hmm? Southpaw. And when my dad bought the business, he was working there. Mm -hmm. And this was 19, uh, 2000. And here we are, 2021, family business. Bobby yep. Jenkins, still working with him. And you know who, what he was? He was a middle welterweight or something like that champion but he was a sparring partner for bernard hopkins wow yeah 
That's pretty cool. And he he kind of like became my pseudo uncle because you know, I was 11, 12 years old. My dad would have to go shopping or do stuff for the business. And it was my dad, myself and Bobby, men in the shop. Bobby Jenkins. Bobby Jenkins. Good guy, man. Really good guy. Hmm. Bobby Jenkins. It's cool, man. I'm pretty sure there's some stuff out there on him. You know, former boxer. Pretty cool. Bobby Jenkins. Two and two. Welterweight. All right. That's cool, man. That's cool stuff. The internet is great. There's everything around the internet. The internet, you can find anything. You can find anything. So, basketball. Can we talk, talk about, about basketball? basketball? Yeah. yeah. So, my, so, actually, I'll have two plays today because your play with um, uh, Formula One got me got, got the wheels spinning. So, nice. I'll save that till the end. Uh, I want to talk about Ja, Ja and this Grizzlies team, and what I saw the other day. And I want to curious if you guys agree with this, disagree with this, and it's also kind of a take on the market as well. So you typically have this like preseason to first five games of the season run up, where basically any player that you buy that has a potential to be you know speculative, Michael Porter Jr., Luca, Trey, Zion, uh, you know, Dame. Most star players or potential stars run up during that time, right? It's that like preseason buying where people want to get in uh, and have have uh, chips on the table, have a bet, have a have a horse in the in the in the race, and then you see you see a tail off, right? And I think that's what we've seen the last month. I mean, Luca Silver, for example, is four thousand. Right before the season started, Cage and I thought that we'd made the biggest mistakes of our lives by selling it at national. But I think what happens is, and we see this in football too, is now you get separated into two categories, right? You have like Michael Porter Jr. who's injured, who's a huge risk, no potential. He, he's going to be sold off. But I do think guys – you want to say something on that? Yeah, that's my play. Is the it Michael Porter Jr.? Uh, no, over, it's not. The overreaction on Michael Porter Jr. Do you know how much his, his like optic – you know? Okay. But that's, that is why he's a player. You can buy his optic base card PSA ten for like twenty bucks. Wow! Seriously, that's what this on for. The, is, the, is the base done? The prism. Base? The prism's under fifty dollars for PSA ten of him. I'm telling you, like, and they're gonna go down more. So this is like overreaction time. It's almost like you know. Listen, I'm not gonna compare him because it's very different. But we had on uh, who was it? Was it summertime cards who came on and said he was yep. investing in Deshaun Watson? Right, which you know, obviously is a longer hold for him, right? And maybe Deshaun, you know, clears his name and and plays next year and is back and and you know those those buying those cards five cent, ten cents on a dollar becomes a good play for summertime cards. And he's realizing when he invests in it that it's a it's something that could go to zero. But but raise your hand if you're listening to this, honestly, if you've ever made a play that you didn't think could go to zero. A lot of these can go to zero. When you buy Bowl Bowl, he can go to zero. He still could go to zero. You know, I buy Devontae Graham, he can go to zero. Like, like a lot of these are speculative plays. But when you buy in knowing that, especially at a discount, Michael Porter Jr., I look at his cards. It's crazy how cheap they are because right now, it's there's nothing saying he's even going to miss this season. Forget about the last. Now, now, it's very possible he might. The tweet, the reports are he has a potential nerve issue with the back that could cost him the season. And he hasn't played since November 6th, which obviously is a you know not, not a good thing. And when he did play, he looked hobbled, right? Terrible. But this is now a play. And look, I'm just telling you the optic and the and the prism, the base from 2018. You can go a different way with this. You can get his autos, you can go get you know a million different cards, because they're all gonna be literally 10 cents, 20 cents on the dollar, you know, 25 cents, a quarter on a dollar from where they were. And to me, 
sure, there's downside there, but this is a guy who everyone besides me loved. Literally, everyone thought this was the second coming. This was he was compared to Kevin Durant by people who folks actually give credibility to. Right? So so I'm not saying he's gonna be Kevin Durant, and I'm not saying he ever even plays again in his career. But this is a guy you have to look at because of the risk reward on this, right? If he if he doesn't miss the season, or even if he does and he comes back next year after rehabbing or after you know he gets healthy, um, this is a guy who can put up numbers. Somebody famously told me that you know he could put up forty any any night, fifty any night, even though I I told them that he's never scored more than thirty nine. That well, didn't I'm, change. I'm, well, I'm sitting here thinking how, how terrible my take was that, you know, he has MVP potential and he could be as good as Durant. That's not a terrible uh, take. What's great about it is that's when the Nuggets, in hindsight, should have traded him instead of signing him to a $200 million uh, contract extension. Because we clearly used, you weren't the only one who thought that. His team thought it. Right. We use anecdotes and analogies to compare players, right, and styles specifically. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. we're going to do a post on this, but this one was fascinating. Ja is similar to Iverson in their playing style. Now, that doesn't mean that Ja is as good as Iverson. Right. Nor does he maybe potentially have have the potential of Iverson. What do you think of that comp? Kerwood had said that, and it kind of got my wheel spinning. Um, I think Ja is more hoppy, is a word I'll use. It's sort of like describing a beer, right? He's got more hops than Iverson. Iverson is more of, I think, a, a better ball handler, um, you know, one-on-one outside isolation type player where Ja is more athleticism finishing around the hoop, like more springs, more dunking. Like I- I- Iverson didn't really dunk that often. You know, no. he was a jump he shooter. He, was, he took people, you know, left and right. And, you know, he took the crossover and, you know, he finished great around the rim. Um, I think it's a, a it's an interesting comparison. It's an interesting comparison. It's, interesting one. Yeah. it's not a perfect one. Yeah, but uh, the game is different. Funny. That's why the, the, the game is different. I think the game would, I think Ja might even be better in that time because he's not a great three point shooter. And Iverson wasn't a great three point shooter, but he had a killer mid range game. He, yeah. He killed people right right around that pain area. Uh, so MPJ's your play, huh? Yep. I, I, I see what you're doing. B- buy the dip. Yeah. This well, buy the uncertainty of the dip right now because I look, mm-hmm. and if you type in Michael Porter Jr. news, all you get is two day old news saying he might miss the season, right? He might miss the season. He also might need some icy hot. You know, I don't. I'm not saying that's going to happen, right? But he he also might just need, you know, so I don't know, some sort of like massage there. I have no clue. I'm not a doctor, but even worst case scenario, you're buying the cards really cheap. And you know, listen, this is not a play for most of the people who listen to us who are in the flip game, mug life, garage sailing. You know, this is not this is not your play. In 2018, what a right? weird different time. Mug life. Mug life. This is a longer term hold. This is this is not this is not the the Gary disciple play. This is the actual Gary play. This is the one you put it in your safe, and you forget about it. And if if it breaks right, you are buying this at at a third, a fourth, or a fifth of what it will go for when he comes back. And he doesn't even have to go back to being full strength. It's the start of next season. Michael Porter Jr. is back, and all of a sudden you see some yeah. some practices. He looks great. full strength. His back is great. He's back to to doing why they signed him to that extension. Those cards are not twenty bucks anymore. So yeah, I agree. It's one of those where you might be able to sell it for double without even him stepping on the court. A hundred percent correct. Uh, 
it, it's interesting. I mean, worst case scenario is you get news that he'll never play again. Right? Correct. That is the worst. Yeah. Uh, I think what you could do with that is back to that beat writer stuff yep. is to try to read the news before it hits the news type of thing. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like, no, it does. It hundred uh, percent does. But I mean, he's young, right? We're always, everybody's talking about how young he is and you know, the whole deal to, to, you know, to, to say he's never going to play again, that's an interesting thing. I mean, obviously the back and nerves and, you know, that play at that high level, everything has to be clicking. Everything has to be right. And we've seen guys, you know, with, with, with injuries gone. But, he, I mean, Blake Griffin had a horrible back. You know, he figured out a way to continue. Now, he wasn't Blake Griffin. You know, he right. wasn't the same guy, but he came back and, you know, the whole deal. Um, and, you rest, know, man, sometimes just a year off, we'll, we'll, we'll let things heal. Not surgery, but just like, hey, just let your body heal, girl. He's had surgery body. once, you know, and, it, you know, he's come back from it. I mean, a lot, of people, don't, a lot of people don't realize, it, it takes me a little bit to realize this myself, when you're playing the game, that actually beats up on your body. Yeah. Sometimes taking a year off and strength training to get your body where it needs to be physically is is the best rehab, right? They, we talk about rehab, but oftentimes people don't realize rehab is strengthening muscle, like weak muscles, right? Like he might have the strongest legs, but there's vulnerability in his, his back and his core and it's overcompensating and that might cause uh, pain in the back. So like maybe a year of just strength training, rehab, you know, doing pool work, doing running, doing calisthenic, whatever it is. I'm sure he has great support out there. Uh, it, it could it could work. I, I hear you on that. My dude is there are people who are investing in him and and just to layer it on and I'll let I'll turn it over to you for your play and then for your cool F1 play. It was this. I know that my stuff that I mailed in in October of last year is not back yet. And I know October of last year, November of last year, December of last year, everyone was sending in Michael Porter Jr. So in addition to this horrible news, it's coming at a time where for the next month, two, or four, people are going to be getting in a glut of his cards. There's going to be – in, in, in addition – and they just want to get whatever they can for it. So this is one for you to keep an eye on, especially right now this week where there's a lot of uncertainty and who the hell knows what's going on with his back, right? Who knows what the story is? You know, the – People are just exiting, right? Yeah. Somebody gets a PSA return back with a bunch of these cards in it. They may just list them all on eBay, and you're able to steal them. You yeah, know, or you weird. might find a Facebook, you know, Facebook group or something. Like, I just need out. I'm, you know, I, I, I never really liked them anyway, but everybody was grading them, so I'm getting my PSA tens back. Yeah. Who wants them? You know? Yeah, thirty-five. I'll sell my ten from this PSA sub. Three nines and uh, you know seven tens. I'll do you know twenty five dollars. Yeah, $30. just want to recover my cost of grading and what I paid for it back then, or whatever the heck it is. You know, sure. And and it's a like I say, there's risk, but there's also reward commensurate with that risk. A lot of times people don't realize investing is risk. You do yeah. want risk. Of course, it's you, you want to balance it invest. out. Right? What's the potential yeah. reward? You know, if you were buying him. You know, without an injury, and I'm just saying, hey, Michael Porter Jr. looks pretty bad, but he's going to go, okay, now your potential reward is what, 20%, 30%, you know, and the downside is not not, not exactly there. Uh, at least it wasn't known. But something like this, you're buying it so low because people are, over, I don't want to say overreacting, people are reacting. Um, you know, the risk and the reward kind of match up with one another, and it depends on what your risk appetite is. But why I like to play is this, this is a different year than last year. Next year will be even more different cards are we're in a different spot right and and it's not as easy to make money in cards as it was previously right you got to hustle you got to be you know in the dollar bins you got to be looking for bargains you got to you know you got to figure out what to grade where to grade it you know you can't just send every little thing to psa and then sell it when it comes back it's just not the way it works anymore 
um, you know, there are different ways of doing it. And this is a strategy that could potentially work. I wouldn't be buying only guys who are facing potential season and career ending injuries, but like everything else, right? You want to build up a portfolio out there. You can have some safe stuff and some riskier stuff. And maybe this falls on the riskier end. And the risk, the risk is, you know, I'm going to put in 250 bucks into Michael Porter. Yeah. Expect that to go to zero. So, okay. So here's, I'm putting two fifty. But yep. what's my upside if it goes well? Can right. I take out, you know, is it, can I get 4X on this? Can I Probably. get 6X yeah. So, okay, 250, it goes to zero. Or we'll go to I thousand. hold a year and I go 1,000. Okay, four to one. Okay. I think that's a reasonable bet. I like that. Um, I was watching the Memphis Grizzlies Utah Jazz game, and it was a game that I thought this Grizz team had no business winning. Uh, few t- First off, the, the Grizz weren't healthy. Dylan Brooks was out again. Um and the Jazz were, and they were playing well. And But what I saw was every time this Jazz team took a 10-point lead mm-hmm. on the road, this Grizz team clawed back. Jaron Jackson Jr. taking the ball to court, you know, shooting threes in transition. I, I love to see this guy's development. He's a little inconsistent for me, but he was owning Gobert. He was owning Gobert, and this is the best defensive player of the year. Uh And when they get Dylan Brooks back, here's what I think. And I've said it before. I think, I think the rotation is going to be – it's not like better. It's just it's more complete, right? When you add a position piece like that that they've relied on, he's the number two on this team. He's a great shooter. He's a great three-point shooter. He's a great defender. He, he gets into foul trouble quite a bit. Uh, I don't know if that will change. But my point is I think it's kind of uh, not make it or break it or do or die, but it's near that point for this Grizz team. No longer could they say, hey, we're just a young team. Well, you're young, but show us what you could potentially do. That doesn't mean get to the finals. But I would love to see them as a six seed get to the second round. Yeah, I, I really great. would. I, th- I think they can. I, I think they can. Their team is improved. And my play is Ja. And what I've seen this season is, okay, you have the Michael Porter as I was saying, like now they're tanking in price. But you have other guys that are just being dragged down with them that their performance isn't matching that. Luca's another one. Yep. Why are Lucas cards 4,000 right now? The guy is a stud. The guy just dominates people. Because so many other people are doing a lot better, people focusing on other folks, and you know, there's Curry money for Curry MVP that wasn't people weren't there at the beginning of the year. Curry and his team are are another team in the West that is better than Luca's team, and a lot of people who were like, okay, Luca might win a championship here, are looking at that team and saying he's not winning a championship this year, and probably not until he leaves Dallas or something else major happens, and that's probably part of it. Plus, he was injured for a little while too, and there's overreaction to those injuries. A lot of reasons why Luca money left. I think it's starting to look at clay. Like I, I have a clay prism 2012 card. I'm starting to get offers on that. Uh, Dude, I think did you see clay's can... press conference yesterday? He's hilarious. I love, I love that guy. He's amazing. That's, I mean, He's don't hilarious. you, I wanted to play basketball after listening to him. Like I wanted to like go shoot some hoops and you could tell he wants to also. Do you he see, the jer- the see the Jersey number he's wearing? 77. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Why do you think he's, is that a semi pro? No, no, no. He's wearing 77 because the NBA 75 included 76 people. And they left oh. and left them off. And he's it's it, it reminds me of Michael Jordan, right? You always said, like, I said, if you're the greatest, you're the greatest. And you're like, no way. These guys, they have to get something, they have to get that little chip. They have to they have they need blackboard material, right? Or or bulletin board material, right? They need to put that up there and 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 have that extra little fire. And Michael Jordan talked about it in the last dance, right? Like I took that personally, right? Well, this is Clay's, I'll take that personally. He's he has a fuck 77 jersey because 
he's like, all right, if I wasn't top 76, I better be 77th. And all I can do is go out there and win. And when they have a hundredth, they better include me because I'll win a fourth championship this year. I want nothing more. That's it. I, it, it was it was refreshing. People like Clay are deceivingly, uh, they're deceiving assassins, right? Like yeah. Jordan's in your face, like hood butts heads. Clay is quiet. He's so, you know, he's just out like he's he's interesting, but he is such a competitor, man. He's such a killer. I, I love Clay. I can't wait to see him come back. But I would actually sell my clay cards right before he comes back. I, I know that's stupid, but What's that's that? what I do. But back to job, which is my play. And it's not the base, it's the silver PSA 10, which actually doesn't have a, that high of a pop count. I'm sure there will will go up, but I I mean it's 1200 now. Let's say it goes to 1500. There's not going to be that many PSA 10s flooding the market. That card is cheap, Gage. That's a $1500 card and I don't think Jaws going to be MVP. But I do believe that if this Grizzlies team comes out of the West and can get a 5 seed get a four seed, he get a six seed, he might be in the conversation. And there might be a point in this in the midway point of the season where he's, you know, it's him and Curry. I, I do believe this Grizzlies team can rope, you know, they could put on a run, you know, 12 and two, uh, 15 and three type of thing that this Western Conference is wide open. Apparently the Lakers don't care about <laughs> just basketball in general. They're, they're a weird team, man. I got to tell you, I watched them. They look so disinterested. But but let me read. So you have the Warriors Suns. Those are going to be one and two. You have the Jazz, Mavs, Clippers, Blazers, Grizz. Those teams are all separated by just a few games, man. Just a few games. And if this Grizzlies team could put together a bit of a run, I could see them being a three or four seed for a big, a big portion of the season. And now these are a lot of ifs. A lot of ifs. Dylan Brooks comes back, stays healthy. Can this young team put it together? I believe that they can. And that's why my play is the Ja Silver Prism PSA 10, which is, let me look, last sold, 1,500 cage, 1,700, yeah. 1,500, 1,800, right around there. So let's call it, some sites have it at 1,500 value, some 1,600, but awesome card. Ja's playing well. He's improving his game, and I expect his team performance to go up. So I, th- I think point. he's going to be great. I think he'll be great for the next five to seven years, Ja. Right? As, he'll go as far as athleticism takes him. But I, I would like to play more because a six seed is okay. Like he reminds me, not stat-wise, but he reminds me of what happened with Trey last year. Yeah. Without the, without the preseason run-up that Trey had. Right? Because people were not sold on Ja. People are you know, a lot of big fan base on Trey. He didn't, Ja didn't have that. But it reminds me of like, all right, they can, they can be in the bottom half of the playoff picture and then maybe sneak a road playoff win like the Hawks did against the Knicks, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, you know, and that would be huge. Even if they don't do that, it's a huge step from where they were, and that's what people want to see. That's the problem with Luka, right? He, his, his, he and his team performance are not improving year over year, um, and that's what people are looking for now to justify the price of his cards. So that's the fun. I love it. Now, give me five minutes. Give me the F1 play that was inspired so, by. So, so it's not F1, but no, the, the play that my it, F1 play inspired. It, it, it was NASCAR, and I went to the GOAT, and, and I, I started looking up uh, Dale Earnhardt like Sr. Autographs. My John autographs. autographs like Dale Earnhardt Sr. I don't know I'm John Cena. Oh, you don't know who John Cena is? Da, 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 no, I know da, da, Not a big da, fan da, of his. Da, da, da. No? No, he weirds me out. Uh, <laughs> Dale yeah. Earnhardt Sr., autographs or like there's there's a few of them i mean i could pull them up i'll do a quick screen share here 
but dude, they're cheap. They're like a hundred bucks, 200 bucks. And I don't think NASCAR is as popular as F1. Like F1 is in culture. F, uh, NASCAR is out. But it's one of those that if you kind of want to make an interesting play, like this is a cool card. This is 1991 Dale Earnhardt Sr. This is graded. It's 190. Probably could, you know, haggle and negotiate a little bit. On-card auto already graded by PSA. I think it's a, it's a pretty cool card. I don't know why it won't let me zoom in right now, which is being weird, but – Hmm. Okay, eBay. Dude, eBay needs to update their site or something. Like, okay, we know PayPal credit exists. Like, earn 5x points. We get it. Just, like, update your site because it's shit. Hmm. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Picture taken with a Nokia phone. But anyway, you have a few of these. You get to choose. I don't know if you have a preference. This is 1991 Max Racing card. I love um, it. Is that a cool card? Yeah, the Max Racing, 100%. That's a cool stuff. I, I like the NASCAR stuff, man. Um, Here's a cool one. Cage. So this yeah. kind of ties two things together. This is 1983 Uno Racing. We've been talking Uno. about Uno cards. Uno. Look at this. Uno card in a PSA 9. Dale Earnhardt surrounded by three women. Uh, expensive. Thirteen. This one's $13.99. But take a look. Take a look at his market. I... Uh, I think it's worth I think it's worth putting on your watch list and doing your own research. I don't know the market well, but it got me thinking. It's crazy stuff, man. You know, the first thing I think about is like um, you know, we were talking about F1. And I'm saying, hey, it could be popular but not cardboard relevant. NASCAR, like my LCS gives away Prism NASCAR blasters. He's like, You want this? I'm like, no. He's like, I'll just take it anyway. You know what I mean? And obviously there is a there is an audience for it. Obviously there are people who like it, right? Um, but it's mostly U.S. And, and as you were talking, I looked stuff up. To, so so attendance, not not a huge difference, but like actually at the events. We're talking about like 2019 numbers, right? 2019 numbers now. It's the most recent like trackable ones. Formula One attendance at events, 4 million per year. NASCAR, 3.5 million per year. So that's pretty close. You think, okay, well, but in 2019, according to TV statistics, so you talk about watching because it's global, right? It's global around the world, right? The global TV viewership for Formula One in 2019 stood at 471 million. And the same source claims TV viewership for NASCAR stood at just about 3 million. Wow. So if these numbers are right, and I'm just, I'm just a quick Google search here, right? Obviously, Formula One is global. NASCAR is limited to the Americas. Right. The The... The pricing of Formula One cars, though, it 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 means that people are counting on that global audience to become global collectors. Otherwise, the pricing difference between the two is not really justified. And, you know, we'll see whether or not that happens, right? You know, obviously, we've heard from folks like Double Coverage, you know, they like F1, right? They like F1 and koala bears and blooming onions and stuff. I don't hear them talking about NASCAR. So, so far, you know, anecdotally, it's, it's, uh, you know, it seems to be a, you know, something that globally will be collected. We'll see. We'll see, man. We will see. I like, I mean, Earnhardt's a cool one too, because there's, you know, not a lot of autos of him because, you know, he, he passed, he passed away early, you know? So. And did Schumacher cards go up? Yeah. Well, they, they, we went to double coverage. They were the first ones to talk about that 1982 grid. 
the Michael Schumacher cars. And remember, they did breaks of them. They had like you know, some bald dude I called Uncle Larry. You know, it's like who are these people? You know, who are these people? Schumacher's got a whole bunch of cards. Yeah, man. I mean, F1. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, if you really want to do some digging in F1, I'll tell you about the research that I've done, right? So there's a cool set called 2005 Futera. I'll say it wrong. F-U-T-E-R-A, Futera is what it's called. It's it's clearly a global non-America one because it's, they have soccer players in the set. So it's cool, like Beckham. You know, you would give a Beckham play, Beckham cards, Ronaldinho cards, Ronaldinho. And there's, uh, you know, I call him little, 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 little Ronaldo. Um, you know, there's all kinds of cards in there, like people who you know. But then there's also race car drivers. Schumacher's got a bunch of cards in there. Some of them are limited. You know, Al Unser has cards. You know, I mean, like, just like, you know, depending upon who you look at. Nicky Lauda, you know, he's got cards. And um, Nicky Lauda was an amazing driver in, in the 70s. Um, and um, involved in a bad, fiery crash. And a, and a rivalry against Mark Hunt. Well, was it Mark Hunt? No, Mark Hunt was a was a UFC fighter. <laughs> um, so, so, but, but, but the, the 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 point, of course, is there's other F1 stuff out there. Um, I'm gonna be looking at that stuff. I'm gonna be looking at that stuff because here's the mindset. All right, free Thanksgiving cage fun at the end, and we'll we'll wrap it right. We've seen this time and time again when soccer got big and everybody's buying Mbappe. I was buying Pele. You know. When baseball, when basketball got big and everybody was Luca, Gary was preaching about vintage, right? And it follows, but it takes time for people to get there, right? F1, yeah, people started to buy Michael Schumacher, but it takes a little while for you to find that there is that Sports Illustrated for kids, Lewis Hamilton, and then go back even further, right? And there's a, there's a limited amount of stuff, you know? I mean, I gave I gave us a play here that, uh, let's, uh, 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 what's his name, Miles from the uh, Ford versus Ferrari, who wasn't really an F1 driver. I think he raced one F1 car. But there's cool old cards. And, you know, when soccer was popping as a, a modern soccer, people were ignoring those Pele cards that are now setting records. Do you know what I mean? So the same thing may happen here. You may have to do some digging. That Futero one, believe it or not, I think it's 06 or 07. Lewis Hamilton has a card in that set. And it's impossible to find impossible to find that would be what i consider his actual rookie card anybody has one i'll buy that i don't need to buy a chrome one but yeah lewis hamilton can you do me a favor can you type in in google because won't be on ebay lewis hamilton oh it's just in google lewis hamilton f-u-t-e-r-a futera card now what's funny is guys I'm oh, that's that a card. Card. yeah it's, uh, but that is what i consider his actual rookie card by the way and what's funny is you probably listen to a lot of podcasts that talk about f1 and you don't even know this card exists because it's not the card that they have. It's not the card that they want to go up in value. Look at that card. That's a cool card. Look how young he is. People don't realize. What is that? 06, right? Mm-hmm. 2006 Futera card. Like this card, you're buying 2020 F1 cards that you're calling a rookie. This card's 15 years before that. It's impossible to find. Impossible having to be, find. Having been signed by McLaren on a development contract, at the age of 12, British racing driver Lewis Hamilton has, in 2006, joined the Art Grand Prix team in GP2 series as a replacement for the previous year's champion, Nico Rosberg. There you go. So, guys, no, I don't – I am not an F1 fan. That doesn't mean I'm not deep in the weeds researching this stuff. and know more about it probably than most people who are pushing it. The cards, not the sport. I don't know how many buttons <laughs> are on the steering wheel. But there's a card, man, people don't know about. Did you um... – 
pay now. What are we looking at there? Did you see this post? So this is kind of crazy. So a Reddit user broke down how close the title fight between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen has been this year. So in the races, if in races they both finish, the two drivers travel 3,000 miles. That's basically the distance between Paris and Baghdad. Okay, Cage? Mm-hmm. And if they did that, this is how close the, the title fight is. They would have arrived less than 30 seconds apart. I mean, listen, <clears throat> that's a cool stat, but I'm sure most horse races would have the exact same thing. Um, you know, that's horses why they have, clo- they have close finishes. Go as far. Yeah, but horses don't go as far as Yeah, but these cars, they're always, I mean, it's very rare that somebody, you know, somebody is laps ahead of the field. You know, it's the cars are, are you know, yeah. It doesn't just, matter if you win by an inch or a mile. That's winning right. is winning. And I'm sure some guys have won one. This guy wins by five seconds here, and that guy wins by four seconds here, and it's kind of the same, the same scenario. But, I mean, that's a cool stat. Obviously, it's close. And that's good, man, because you know what it is? Lewis Hamilton cards, if he was just winning every race and blowing everybody away, they wouldn't be as sought after. You need a villain. You need a number two. I'm not saying Max Verstappen's a villain. It sounds like more of a villain name than Lewis Hamilton. Um, but you know, the villain, he, the villain people, thing is real. By the way, people didn't didn't care about you know Field. about yeah. You, well, I mean, you needed an adversary, right? Yep. Tiger needed a fill, right? Federer needs Nadal. You know what I mean? Otherwise, no. That one's Joker. an interesting one. Well, because Joker Joker is kind of a villain, also, but but Joker. he came after. Yeah. But yes, the same thing. You you know, if you're a runaway. It's great. Everybody loves that, but you need somebody to push you and you need that story, right? You know what's funny? Brady was the villain until Goodell showed up. I mean, Brady always had Manning pushing him. You think but Manning's so, not a villain? Manning's and then, so loved. But it's not. So Brady could be the villain, right? I and think then Brady Drew was Brees, the villain. And Breeze was there. And then you had like the, you know, look, Brady was the villain to me because I'm a Raider fan. But the point is not, I shouldn't use villain nor heel. You need somebody who's a com- who's competition to push you, right? You know who my competition is? My competition is everybody else out there who wants you to buy something. And I compete with them by trying to find a better way for you to use your money. That's fucking This episode of Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze was brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. Take it from someone who has personally submitted thousands of cards for grading. HGA slabs just hit different. They're top of the line and color coordinated to match the card itself. The aesthetics are unrivaled in the industry. When paired with the ease of submission and the transparency of the pricing model, HGA stands alone as the best choice for grading your cards. I believe that once you try them out, you will agree. Thanks for listening, Luca Nation. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.